One of the commodities in life that most people can't get enough of is compliments. The ego is never so intact that one can't find a hole in which to plug a little praise. But compliments by their very nature are highly biodegradable and tend to dissolve hours or days after we receive them, which is why we can always use another. Welcome to episode 41, The Awesome Power of Affirmation. This is the third in my occasional putting out there of the audio chapters of my book, The Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make. I am very excited that this year I will be finishing up the audio book and putting it out there. I had one of my listeners the other day say, Hey Hans, are you putting those out there just because you're too lazy to record a brand new show? <laughs> I love the I love the honesty of that question, but I said, no, let me tell you about what I heard from another listener. I don't like to read. I'm very busy. I love to listen to audiobooks. I am loving hearing those chapters. For some of you, you've never read that book. Others of you, you maybe read it a long time ago, but uh, I'm finding a lot of great feedback, so that's why I'm putting that out there. This is the third chapter, The Awesome Power of Affirmation. When I Put this book together, I actually used negative statements for the chapter title, so the chapter title is The Absence of Affirmation, which is one of the great mistakes that leaders make. So listen in on The Awesome Power of Affirmation. Chapter 3. The Absence of Affirmation. What could be better than a pay raise? Everyone thrives on affirmation and praise. We wildly underestimate the power of the tiniest personal touch of kindness. Learn to read the varying levels of affirmation your people need. After 30 years of marriage, his wife was finally ready to throw in the towel. Quote, I've had it living with you, end of quote. She moaned in disgust. Quote, you never tell me you love me. It has been years since I've heard those three words come out of your mouth, end of quote. In a stoic Cool manner, the husband replied, quote, Look, I told you I loved you when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. End of quote. Organizational researchers have been telling us for years that affirmation motivates people much more than financial incentives, but we still don't get it. People thrive on praise. It does more to keep people fulfilled than fortune or fame could do. How many bosses expect their associates to run on autopilot, as did that hard-hearted husband? Do you work for someone who expects the impossible but never encourages you? If you do, I know you're having a hard time at your job. Do you have people who work for you, whom you never encourage with a kind word of appreciation or a note of encouragement? Let them know you appreciate them and watch their reactions. I have a great assistant who has been working for me for over 15 years. Joyce is a true professional who makes me look good every day. I often jot her words of appreciation on little sticky notes. Once not long ago, I discovered to my surprise that she keeps all those notes. She cherishes affirmation, as does everyone. There is little resemblance between the people we work with and the Energizer Bunny. That pink bunny keeps showing up and going and going and going. Humans couldn't be more opposite. They need to have their emotional batteries charged often. I have seen, even in some quarters of my own organization, an attitude that people are expected to work out of a sense of duty. So why bother with this thing called praise? 
Christian organizations are sometimes the worst because there's an attitude that they are working for God and He will reward them for their labors. Some even argue that it builds egos to give men praise. Therefore, it is unspiritual and it is to be avoided at all costs. I find that a pretty sad argument against lavishing your co-workers with affirmation and recognition for a job well done. Yes, I'm working for that final pat on the back in the sky, quote, well done, good and faithful servant, end of quote. But I think God expects me to pat others on the back along the way. I'm reminded of an example of this principle from my own family that happened when my children were still very young. For months, my five-year-old had wanted rollerblades like his two older brothers, but we just didn't want to endanger our baby. After running out of excuses to delay the purchase, we finally gave in and picked out a nice pair, and it should have lasted him for a year or so. After the purchase, the six of us stopped off for a quick supper, during which Andrew could, of course, think of nothing but those rollerblades. Though it was dark, we promised him that we could take him for a spin as soon as we got home. When we got home and Andrew tried them on for the first time, he looked about as balanced as a brand new pony trying to take its first steps. Wobbly and unsure of himself, he insisted, to my delight, on hanging on to me as I pulled him up and down the driveway. In fact, my 12-year-old son, Mark, got into the act as Andrew hung between us, dragging his feet as they kept rolling out from under him. But just two days later, do you think Andrew was still hanging on to us for support? Not a chance. As a matter of fact, in no time, he was out playing goalie in street hockey games with the neighborhood crew. Andrew needed a great amount of support in the early stages of this new learning experience, but he soon developed his own skate legs. Sidebar. Compliments are soluble. Phyllis Thoreau. One of the commodities in life that most people can't get enough of is compliments. The ego is never so intact that one can't find a hole in which to plug a little praise. But compliments, by their very nature, are highly biodegradable and tend to dissolve hours or days after we receive them, which is why we can always use another. Affirming those who work for and with us follows the same principle. They need the most encouragement at the early stages of a new job or assignment, which reminds me of another story, an experience my neighbor Keith once had upon changing careers. After much fear and second-guessing, Keith quit his job as a salesman of heating and air conditioning products to begin a new career in the home mortgage business. So how's it going, Keith? I ask as we settle down in our booth for a quiet evening of conversation. I feel worthless, was his reaction. Everything is new to me, and I don't seem to get anything right the first time around. I told Keith that it reminded me of the trauma we went through when we moved to a foreign country a while back. We felt like helpless children starting life from scratch. It seemed to Keith that there was nothing about this job that related to any of his past experiences. In his former job, he was a top salesman with a great sense of personal pride in his abilities. Now he was back to square one. I'll never forget what Keith said next. I lap up every little word of encouragement like a thirsty puppy. It's the only thing that keeps me going. Oftentimes we have no idea how much those little pats on the back mean to those around us. Different Strokes Remember, though, that the people who work with you will require different amounts and different kinds of affirmation. 
In fact, I've come to see the varying levels of affirmation as sort of a continuum, as shown in the chart on the next page. Most people fall somewhere in the middle of this chart, though I find more people tend toward being desperados, people who often find themselves alone and are desperate for affirmation, than self-reliant islands who just wish to be left alone. Here's how I would describe the various types of affirmation needs on this continuum. Sidebar, the affirmation continuum chart. On the left, desperados. On the right, autopilots. The difference. Desperados, little confidence, lap-up affirmation, the more the better, fragile. On the right, autopilots are self-reliant, skeptical of affirmation, leave me alone, and tend to be tough as nails. You're listening to Chapter 3 from the book, The Top 10 Mistakes Leaders Make, and the problem of the absence of affirmation. People ask me, you know, have you changed your opinion about these top mistakes in the years since you wrote this book? And I'd have to say no. I still think these are 10 of the top mistakes leaders make. Now, I've made a 100 big mistakes. I only had room in the book for the top 10. But I hear this all the time, this topic of affirmation and feedback and how much people crave feedback. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's been in a new assignment in another country for three years, and he's never had any feedback from his supervisor. He's asked for feedback, but he gets none. All he gets from his supervisor is, hey, everything's great. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, that's not really good feedback. And so I would have to say, yes, it's still a huge problem. One of the books that came out in the last few years by Patrick Lencioni is entitled The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. And I, and it speaks to this very same thing. The Three Signs of a Miserable Job is anonymity. You know, nobody knows I'm there. Uh, I could be here or not be here. I don't even feel like a human being. Number two is irrelevance. What I'm doing is not important. But the third one is what he calls immeasurement, actually a word that he coined, meaning I don't have any gauge of my progress and the level of contribution I'm making, and I need feedback. I not only need positive feedback in the form of affirmation, but I need constructive feedback. Let me know how I'm doing so I can do a better job, because I find most people really do want to please their boss. Great book, Patrick Lencioni, The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. So yes, this issue of affirmation is just as relevant today as it's ever been. Let's continue to listen to The Absence of Affirmation. Desperados. This is the group who can't get enough praise and good strokes. They are desperate for affirmation. Warm Fuzzy is their middle name. One person who works for me always seems to be on the brink of resigning until we pull him back with lavish praise and affirmation. Most new workers in a group need this kind of attention to assure them that they are going to be welcomed and are doing a good job. In the early stage of his new job, Keith was definitely a desperado. The Up and Downers for a long time, Mary will go along just fine with little need of attention, but then she will enter into an emotional valley. Personal problems? Trouble at home with the children? Who knows? But she will begin to show signs of needing more attention. 
A good leader learns to read these signs in the countenance of his people. Another one of my employees follows this pattern. If I have not interacted with him for many long weeks, I then began to get nervous that he may be down. So I seek him out and assure him that he's still just as valuable as he was last time I pumped him up. Recently, he was sick for a few days and missed work. I slipped a card under his door so he would find it first thing upon arriving back in the office. In it, I simply told him that he was missed. He's single, and I think that makes it even more important, since he was home alone. I told him, we missed your being around, not for what you do, but for who you are as part of us. It meant a lot to him. Normal people. Are there any? If so, I assure you, they're a dying breed. Some people who come from stable homes may not need as much affirmation as others, but we are seeing more and more people coming from unstable backgrounds. The more unstable the background, the more they are going to need your regular affirmation. My observation is that the younger generation needs more nurturing than the more rugged veterans of the corporate world. Autopilots. These are the Energizer bunnies. I've known a few people through the years who really didn't need any encouragement. They were so strong and so busy that any attempts at praising them would seem like nothing more than a pesky annoyance. They would brush it off with a look of confusion. There are also a few people who view attempts at praise with great suspicion. What does he want from me? What's coming next? Is he buttering me up for the kill? These are skeptics and people who have probably had bad experiences with others taking advantage of them. With them, all we need to do is cultivate kindness. This concept of different strokes for different folks is not really new. In the New Testament, Paul says, quote, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 This whole business of affirming those who work with us and for us is really simple. Do it. Keep boxes of various kinds of note cards and encouragement cards at your desk at the ready. Oftentimes, you need not even bother with a separate card or a letter when sending an affirmation. Just scribble a, quote, good job, well done, end of quote, on the margin of a memo, or shoot a quick email reply. This communicates two things. First, that you actually read this piece of information, which is a miracle in itself because of the paper factory most of us work in these days. And second, this conveys to your employee that you thought he or she did a good job. Those who work with me have learned that I don't automatically praise everything, for I have high standards and ideals. But there's always something good to be found, even in the people most difficult to work with. I might have to give someone a shot in the arm from time to time, but I don't always have to let them feel the needle. Paul finishes with this thought. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. There's enough of that going around. But always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. That's verse 15. I take this to heart in leadership. Every day I have as a goal of writing at least three words of kindness to someone. I once read a poem that led me to develop the practice of not putting off praise if I think it's deserved. If you know that praise is due him, now's the time to give it to him, for he cannot read his tombstone when he's dead. Sidebar from Tom Peters in Management Excellence, the Business Journal. Thank you notes. A tiny human touch goes a long way. We wildly underestimate the power of the tiniest personal touch. And of all personal touches, I find the short handwritten nice job note to have the highest impact. 
It even seems to be to call something about the tangibility. A former boss who's gone on to a highly successful career religiously took about 15 minutes a day at the end of the day at 5.30 or 6.30 whenever to jot a half dozen paragraph long notes to people who'd given him time during the day or who'd made a provocative remark at some meeting. I remember him saying that he was dumbfounded by the number of recipients who subsequently thanked him for thanking them. Final thoughts. Back when our twins were little, they often demonstrated another great lesson about affirming good work done by others. Affirmation doesn't last. It needs to be replenished after long, dry periods. I've always traveled a lot in my work, so I would often go through the unpleasant and downright gut-wrenching task of saying goodbye to all my kids before a trip. The good news is that they loved me and enjoyed lots of hugs and kisses before my departure to the airport. The twins and I had this thing about filling my cup before I left home. If my trip lasted five days, I would tell them as I said goodbye, now I need my cup filled up with five days of hugs and kisses. They pounced on me as we rolled on the floor in a delightful sea of love, hugs, and kisses. They filled my cup, and in a different but similar way, I have to fill the cup of my co-workers as they run dry in the heat of their work. Bottom line? Here are some verses from the New Testament that go with each of these encouragements. Listening. Listen is the most important word in a leader's language. Just because we are the leaders does not mean we're the only ones with the voice. The L in leader stands for listening. See James 1.19. Empathizing. If others are happy, share their joy. If there is deep tragedy in their lives, stop everything and weep with them. See Romans 12.15. Comforting. We have gone through so much ourselves, and those experiences give us the richness as leaders to be able to comfort others when they go through the same pain. See 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Carry burdens. This, after all, is the way we fulfill the law of Christ. See Galatians 6, 2. Encouraging. Let people know often they are doing a good job. Look for the good and point it out and you'll see more and more good come from your colleagues. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Sidebar. Appreciate the extra effort. Former IBM Vice President Buck Rogers recalls the advice of a newspaper columnist, Dr. George Crane, which he read as a teenager. Crane proposed the Three Compliments a Day Club. He believed that if you joined this club, each day you would be motivated to look for good around you, make at least three people happy, feel good about yourself, and people would be drawn to you. Rogers says the idea seems pretty corny now, but it works. He suggests these embellishments. Number one, get out of your office. When someone does a good job, pay him or her a visit to say thanks. It makes a bigger impact than a memo, a phone call, or an invitation to your office. Number two, don't let good work be a secret. Ask managers under you to inform you of their subordinates' accomplishments. Employees are discouraged when their special efforts go unnoticed. 
they may feel it was wasted effort, or worse, think that their boss is taking credit for their work. Rogers always sends them a handwritten note of appreciation. And number three, thank them publicly. Formalize thanks whenever possible, in house, organs, memos, at meetings, and at conferences. Buck Rogers, getting the best out of yourself and others. Hey, I'd love to hear your feedback on this chapter. What do you think? You got a great story you can tell me of affirmation that you have given or that you have received and the kind of response people have had. Or perhaps you have another horror story you could share with me like the friend I told you about that got no feedback in three years. But I would love to hear from you your response to this material. You can find my notes and you can find me at HansFinzel.com. This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.